Welcome to the Profitable Accountant Podcast. I'm your host, Reza Huda, practice owner, coach, and mentor to accounting firm owners. In this podcast, I share practical strategies to get new clients, charge higher prices, and build a profitable accounting firm that you're proud of. From time to time, I also interview other accountants doing incredible things so you can learn what's working and take tangible takeaways to implement. Make sure you press the follow button on your podcast player so you get notified when I release a new episode. Now, on to today's session. Hello, hello. I hope you're well. I've had a good start to the day and enjoying the sunshine wherever you are. If it is indeed sunny at this time of the year that you are listening. So today I was listening to a, another podcast on uh, working less and earning more, which gave me some uh, an inspiration for today's podcast, which is all around things I don't do in my practice. Now, the reason for this is that hopefully it will be a help for you in terms of determining what you can potentially eliminate from your plate, what is on your reviewing, what's on your plate at the moment, and essentially giving you permission that it is possible for you not to be doing what you might be doing at the moment. Because quite often as uh, as practice owners, we go through a journey where we just do things the way that have always been done. We do the things that we've always done because we don't know any other way of doing it. And until we hear, we see, we get some kind of epiphany moment that tells us that we should do things otherwise, we carry on doing what we've always done. So hopefully this will give you some ideas in terms of what can you take off your plate? Because let's face it. We only have so many hours in the day and chances are if you're working too many hours and not earning enough money, then we need to do something about what you are spending your time on. And we can't create more time because time is a constraint. We can't make more of it. So the only day we can actually make more of the time that we have is by eliminating what is actually on our list at the moment, the things we are doing at the moment. So the only time what I'd probably what I'd ever tell you to do a timesheet or a time audit is for yourself, for your own time, what you are spending your own time on. Make a list of what you are doing, you know, track what you're doing for uh, a week if you're, if it's unaware or if it's not obvious, and then start to create a not-to-do list with some of the ideas that you hear me talk about in today's episode. Because, like I said, if you are working too many hours, then chances are that you are doing many things that you could potentially not be doing, and either get somebody else to be doing those things, or implement a system or a process to be able to reduce the time that you are spending working in the business, so you can do the things that you only should be doing, which are working on the business and moving the needle forward in your business in terms of only the things that you can do. So that's important to be aware of that we want to get to that point. You know, you are a business owner first and foremost. You are an entrepreneur. You are not a technician. You moved out of the technician role when you left your job. When you decided to set up practice on your own, you made that leap from being the technician to working in the business to working for somebody else to now running your own business and yes there might be a period of time where it is just you doing everything but you've you've heard my episodes before in terms of you know nowadays there is so much tech out there there is we've got the world at our fingertips in terms of global talent um, that we can access for a fraction of the cost of what it used to through models such as offshoring and outsourcing and using VAs and using uh, technology and software that allow us to get so much more done and to actually do the output in a lot less time, effort and money than it has been ever in the history of being running an accountancy firm. 
So it's a great place to be in. And if you really want to grow, if you want to reduce the time that you're spending in your business, so you can actually have a business that can run without you, that allows you to do the things that you want to do, that gives you that time, money and freedom to do the things that you want to do, that you deserve to be able to do now that you are your own boss, now that you have your own business, the place that we need to start is on your to-do list and try and eliminate as much of it as possible. So let's get into it. I don't know. I haven't put a number of things that I'm going to let you know, but hopefully we'll get to the end and tally up and see what it adds up to in terms of the things, the number of things that I don't do in my practice. It's not an exhaustive list, but it is probably the main things that come to mind when I think about stuff that I don't do. Okay, first and foremost, let's kick off with number one, the most obvious. Number one is any technical work. So I don't get involved in any technical work, nor do I get involved in any reviewing the work. So that's really two. So no, I don't do any tax returns. I don't even do my own return. I don't do any accounts. I don't even do my own accounts. I don't do practice bookkeeping. Again, that's probably two or three I've given you there already. <laughs> but suffice to say, I don't do any accounts. I don't do any bookkeeping. I don't do any tax returns, not even my own. Right? Because I've got people in the practice who can do it a lot better than I can. And uh, to let you into a bit of a confession that I have never actually prepared a set of accounts before. I know. Um, mic drop. Shock horror. <laughs> uh, I have never done a tax... I know how to do a tax return, a corp tax return. I know how to do a personal tax return, but I don't think I've ever done one. So I trust people in my practice. I don't care whether, you know, the uh, the tax manager who does my tax return knows how much I earn. doesn't matter. You know, they're, they're an employee. I, I've, I have no qualms with them knowing what I earn and all the rest of it. And, you know, that's always one of the things that, you know, you're probably thinking in the back of your mind. I don't really want to know how much, you know, you know want them to, to know about our finances and the business finances and how much we earn and all that kind of stuff what I found is that you know you give complete trust and you uh, you kind of give that uh, um, that trust to uh, your employees and they actually repay you with uh, with loyalty with confidence with uh, keeping things you know under wraps and they they actually thrive on the fact that you've trusted them to do this and clearly they keep things highly confidential and don't disclose things like this to colleagues and things like that although you know arguably if anyone wanted to see my tax return they could because it's all on our kind of shared drive and in our document management i am just another client like any other client so if someone wanted to go and see my tax return they could but i have no qualms with that so i don't do any technical work i don't do any reviewing either so that might be a bombshell to you that i don't review work no, I don't. Because again, there are I have people in the practice who are much more experienced at reviewing accounts than I am. And I did used to kind of maybe cast my eye over the accounts a few years ago, but now I don't even do that. Um, I let my my manager, my, you know, the the accounts manager, senior accounts manager, who has many years experience of reviewing accounts, to do that, and I trust that he does so. And so far, we haven't had no issues. What's the worst that can happen? You make a mistake, and it gets picked up and you correct that mistake and that's it hopefully nothing material and given the number of years that he's been doing accounts and the systems that we have in place in terms of the senior manager checking the accounts of uh, uh, prepared by any other kind of juniors in the team or not as senior managers in the team you know gives us that comfort that yes they've been checked by somebody else at least two people have seen the set of accounts before it goes out so I don't do any preparing I don't do any reviewing I don't do our practice accounts I don't do my own tax return that's kind of four things there already what else don't I do so I don't even do any do no client contact so I have at the moment now I'm fortunate enough not to be in a position where I don't have any client contact anymore now, clearly, this was a transition over the course of time. And I think only 
probably since COVID, uh, which has accelerated it. So COVID has actually been been great for me in terms of being, you know, accelerating the transition of the remaining client relationships that I did have from myself to the client managers. So before I may have done, you know, I'd used to do in-person meetings, maybe the annual accounts meeting, the quarterly meetings, but because we've gone pretty much remote now and everything's done over Zoom and we have very few in-person meetings in our office, my team handle that. The client managers deal with their clients. And, you know, this is one of those things that um, often when I'm speaking to members of the PAC, the Profitable Accounts Community and other accountants, that they think that or you think that you have to have that year-end meeting with the client because that's what the client wants but actually the client doesn't really care not all clients want a year-end meeting some clients are happy for you to send the accounts electronically and give them a little brief flag them with anything that they need to know about mainly about the tax what you've done to reduce the tax bill and happy just to sign it off even without a meeting yes there's are there are you know with some of your clients with your a clients you may want to have a meeting with them because again it shows value and may they may be paying for that and if you've got your pricing system set up where you are getting an additional fee for access to you and meetings with you then fair enough but if not for the majority for 80 percent of your clients you don't need to have the meeting with them if you have teams if you have a team of people you have a client manager who's looking after your clients they can do the meeting or with some clients you don't even need a meeting at all some clients are happy just to receive the accounts review them sign them and send them back to you and you can send them off without the need for an annual meeting and instead of an annual meeting you could prepare a loom video going through the accounts showing them and that actually goes down really well because they can watch it in their own time it's only five ten minutes of their time which is used to then you know give them an understanding of where they're at and they're comfortable that everything's been covered and that you have picked out the salient points that they need to know within that loop video so that's an, uh, another thing client contact so nowadays I don't have any client meetings the next one is not even client emails so now I receive very few in fact if I look back over the last three months I've probably had about one client email and that was only because one of my client managers was, was no, it was actually a matter, kind of a sensitive matter that uh, he wanted to raise with me rather than the client manager. It's, you know, it's something that is quite, um, uh, quite rare that this happens. So one email in the last, I think, three months that I've had from any client, which I guess isn't bad at all. So I receive no, no client emails anymore, no client uh, phone me anymore, which is, uh, you know, a great place to be in. <laughs> uh, to be able to have you know passed off that client relationship and what makes me most proud is that the client managers have risen to the challenge and that's what gives them joy that's what keeps them engaged that's what keeps them motivated because clients trust them and clients go to them with their questions and in turn that helps with giving them that uh, that uh, engagement in terms of what they do it keeps them with the the firm for longer because they are thriving and they are receiving that acknowledgement and they are managing the client relationship they are accountable to clients and if i know if clients are kept happy and uh, colleagues are happy team members are happy then of course i'll be happy ultimately at the end so i have no issues with handing over those client relationships to my client managers because i believe that it is the only way to get people who are really energized and engaged in the work that they do and feel the satisfaction of 
delivering a good job and actually being there and being that trusted advisor for their clients. And I'm happy, you know, when they say my client, it's not a problem. Let them, I don't mind them calling, you know, clients of the firm as their client. That's fine because it, it again, when they talk like that, that ownership of the client relationship, that is critical in getting that uh, complete Uh, trust, buy-in, and engaged employee which you need in your team if you want to be able to extract yourself from the day-to-day. So client contact is an area which I don't do. What else don't I do in the practice? Oh, here's one for you, pricing renewals. So when it comes to renewals of pricing, my team take care of it. In fact, our administrator, Karen, she would prepare the renewal and some in most cases she'd probably just send it out to the client if there's not much of an increase. If there's a bigger increase and the conversation needs to be had with the client manager, then she would prepare it for the client manager. The client manager would review it, make sure it's all okay, any tweaks need to be had, and then the client manager would then have that conversation with the client in order for us to then process the renewal, which happens at least once a year on every single client, sometimes more often, but generally uh, every year without fail that happens because we've got a system set up that Karen picks up in terms of a renewal of pricing on each and every client. So that's something I don't do. In terms of new client meetings, I probably do about 20% of new client meetings. The majority are done by my client managers. So we split them between the client managers depending on which niche they come in from. So as you know, we've got different brands and different audiences within the practice. We've got content creators and influencers, another capture brand. So any inquiry we get from a from the target audience of capture accounting they go to one of my client managers who deals with that arm of the business if it is a general entrepreneur then they go to somebody else in the practice and if it's someone related to property which is one of our other niches that goes to the uh, property specialist within the practice so the inquiries are divvied up and directed to the client manager who has most experience in dealing with the target audience that we are going after the types of clients that we're going after. So that's what I don't do either in terms of having a majority of new client meetings. What else don't I do that you might be doing? I don't do any administration. I don't do any AML work. I don't do any um, yeah, risk assessments. I don't do any employee onboarding. I don't do any client onboarding. I don't do. Oh, well, so it might be. What do, I, what do I do? You're probably wondering. What on earth do I do? Well, I do. I handle the marketing. So that probably reassures you because most of my time is spent. Uh, you know, I, I, I enjoy marketing. I've learned a lot about marketing. I'm applying marketing daily in my coaching and mentoring business. This is part and parcel of my marketing. The fact that I'm generating content for you at scale and giving it to the world for free so that I get known and I build credibility and trust. So I do all the marketing when it comes to strategy and direction. So I have, um, you know, I, I use, you know, agencies to help me in terms of the tactics to actually deploy the tactics. But in terms of the overall high level strategy, that is down to me to do in terms of uh, driving inquiries into the business. We have been doing a lot of SEO. So I've been, you know, generating 
blog content and using trying different things and I have copywriters that uh, that I work with in order to do that I'm also experimenting with AI and then um, using agencies for SEO I'm about to embark on a Google Ads campaign and see what happens with that and if it works then I would share that with my members as well in terms of the learnings that I got from it the do's and the don'ts uh, so they can learn from my mistakes and not waste time or money like I do and so that's yeah I'm, I do I do pretty much all the marketing so nobody in my firm really gets involved in much of the marketing although one of my uh, team members ex- has expressed a desire to do so he's quite hungry um, to to get involved and be involved in terms of the growth of the capture accounting brand so you know he's 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 uh, um, we did a few videos the other day where we got on a call together a zoom call together and I asked him questions and we're gonna get that edited and put that on a YouTube channel so you know we're, we're where I'm getting my team members involved in the marketing side as well. What else don't I do in the practice that you might be doing? So we've covered technical areas, we've covered pricing, we've covered sales, we've covered administration. What else is there? HR, again, I don't need to get involved in too much of that because we've got quite an open policy. There's no rules, really. Um, what we have is is fully based upon trust and the team manage it amongst themselves. So when you have no rules, that, you know, no unlimited holidays and, you know, you can work when, when and how you want, but we only have a certain amount of people, we have a certain amount of clients, and if you're away and stuff, stuff needs to be done on your clients, they need to make sure that you've got cover. So really, you've got to make sure that you have really good relationships with your team members. So that's what we've tried, that's what we've cultivated over these years by having this really open culture and open policy with no rules whatsoever, which forces the team members to work well together because they know that, you know, when they, when they take time out when they want to and work from wherever they, and they need their colleagues to cover them for stuff that might need to be doing on their clients which they are responsible for which they're accountable for then they need to then uh, make sure that they repay the favor and there's that reciprocal arrangement otherwise uh, colleagues would get peeved and um, that won't make for a, a nice culture but thankfully we have that and as a result of being so open or not having any rules that has naturally occurred which is what I recommend and advise uh, members of the pack to do so as well so we've got that uh, what else don't i do in the practice i don't answer phones um, what else don't i do i don't uh, process notes okay so i am um, there's one one thing that um i I'd start doing some process notes, but I do help guide the team and I so my main role I guess is I have I probably spend on average about five hours in the practice a week if that and that includes the marketing work that I do. Uh, one of those hours is spending the team meeting every Monday. Monday team meeting at one o'clock, and that just helps me just to keep in check with the team, see their faces on Zoom, uh, see what's going on, but also talk about stuff that's uh, top of mind and reminding them all the time about you know what's important, where are we on in terms of our priorities, and you know keeping the the engine going, keeping the the ball moving in the right direction. So we have a lot of talk about process notes and how to do that, and reminding them of its importance and holding them accountable to things like that. And making sure that that's moving and progress is happening so that's kind of my role and that is our role as leaders our leaders is to to uh, to lead in terms of set the direction 
and then make sure that uh, everyone is moving in that same direction everyone is pulling in the same direction otherwise you know you're not really going to get to your goals if people are pulling in different directions so your role is to set the direction and then communicate that often in terms of what is required communicate priorities and then clarify and then re-communicate priorities and clarify again and repeat uh, put it on repeat because we can't say things often enough with people you know they forget they get involved in uh, in the day-to-day -day, they uh, have their own habits so we need to constantly communicate our expectations over and over and over again in terms of our vision what we're looking to achieve what we're looking to uh, the experience that we want to give to our clients, the kind of firm that we want to create, we need to constantly remind our people and our team of that. So I think that's uh, pretty um, uh, useful or hopefully useful and um, uh, detailed list for you to go away. Now, I'd, I'd love to hear. Let me know. On I'm currently suspended on LinkedIn, so you might not be able to message me on LinkedIn unless they free me. They have blocked my account for no rhyme or reason, which um, is entirely bizarre. I'm waiting to hear back from them. It's highly annoying, but then... You know, it, it goes in line with what I say quite often is that don't build your mansion on rented land. Social media is rented land. And thankfully, I don't have all my eggs in one basket and I have an email list because without an email list, I would be able to, you know, my, my mentoring coaching business is built off my email list. And if I didn't have an email list, then I would be well and truly buggered. Thankfully, I do. So I can still continue to nurture and engage with people on my list and to build my list from uh, other methods such as the such as you know other audiences on social media and facebook group and instagram and tiktok and podcast and, and all the rest of it so i can't stress the importance of that again again as a lesson and remind myself and uh, and advise you as well is to not rely on social media 100 percent because that audience can be taken away from you anytime you don't own that audience whereas when you have an email list, that is your data. You control it, and uh, no one can take that away from you. So hopefully you found that useful. Let me know on LinkedIn where, or <laughs> yeah, hopefully I'll see the message at some point, or even on on Facebook Messenger. That's still open for me, or even by email. Let me know what from what I have listed out that you are doing or not doing, and if I've given you any ideas or you have decided that based upon what I've just said, you are going to stop doing any of the things that I have mentioned. I would love to hear the action and the progress that you have made after listening to this pod, because that's what it's all about. When you get these ideas, when you hear stuff like this, you want to be able to take some lessons, take some action from it, because that's how you grow. That's how you will get to your goals a lot faster by learning from others who have been in a similar position to you, and maybe a couple of steps ahead in the journey. This is exactly what I did when I started my journey of transformation. I just started to learn from those that had gone on the journey before me, and that helped me to accelerate my progress, shortcut my progress, transformed my results, and ultimately my life. So hopefully you can do the same, and have you got value? As always, take care, and have a great weekend. I'll see you on the next episode. Take care. Bye for now. Thank you for listening. If you want to spend more time together, get access to me personally for your questions, access to resources and training that will help you to shortcut your progress together with being part of an incredible community of accountants or helping each other, then come and join the pack, the Profitable Accountants Community. There's a hundred plus accountants that I mentor and they help each other to get results faster than trying to do it alone. Go to reshooter.com forward slash mentoring to learn more or message me directly on LinkedIn. 
Take care.